Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show presented by Prize Picks. I am Dave Lochran at Lafay underscore D on the Twitters. Uh, podcast listeners, it's L O U G H Y underscore D. Never forget it. At or sorry, with Joshua Engelman at Josh Engelman. Man, let me tell you, bruv. I uh, had a great night last night. Very fun night in the world of Philadelphia athletics. I thought it was all doom and gloom, man. I thought it was all doom and gloom. You have to play it that way. I'm telling you. 35 point win or whatever the hell it ended up being. Listen, I did tell you, though, right yesterday that that you were right about that. I'm just an eternal pessimist when it comes to this. So I have to play it that way in order to brace myself for for what I thought could be impending doom. You know what I mean? I'm a spanking. They smoked them, man. Harden actually looked explosive, too, which was one of the best things I've seen from him. This is the first time all series that he's been able to get to the rack, get some fouls and, and get buckets. And he made made some sick threes. Also, a closeout by Gary Trent. Might have been, no, Trent. I think it was Trent on Harden that wasn't called a foul. That was like yeah. some Ka- Kawhi Leonard type playoff shit that should have absolutely been called. That could have broke his ankle, man. Yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, starting lineup, man. They just smacked the living crap out of Toronto in Toronto. It's insane. Yeah, even even Danny Green had, you know, four threes. Maxi dropped 25. Uh, Harden 22 and 15. I'm just going off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure. MB yeah. 33. What did Harris have? Like 19, 20? 11. Oh, yeah. He had a double double, right? Yeah. So yeah. the bench only scored. If you're not including garbage time, the bench had like 11 points when they pulled the starters. So yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't much to it. I mean, Springer had four. <laughs> yeah. That's insane that he got playoff minutes. Obviously, not real playoff minutes, but. He can now say he's participated in a game six of the postseason. Rough one for Precious Achua yesterday. Yeah, not great. One of seven, 22 minutes, three, two, and one. It Long was tough. Time. I mean, he got some field goal attempts. He got some minutes. It just wasn't It wasn't there. I mean, none of us expected the 35-point ass beating. <laughs> or, or Chris Boucher to light them up in the first half. Yeah, I don't. I can't even. Boucher had like 15 points in the in the first quarter or something insane. He really did. He was unreal early on. When you legitimately got annoying. Like that, when you got a guy like that just going, you're going to try and get him the basketball. It's just the way it is, you know? Yeah. You have that's, to. What's, that's what's tough about basketball, though. You know, in, in football, you know, once in a while, you might employ the hot hand approach, maybe at running back, right? Or yeah. maybe a wide receiver is just getting open. So you go away from your the guy that you expect to get the ball before the game. Uh, It it happens, you know, baseball, that doesn't happen, but in in basketball, it is an odd situation where if the, if the hot hand is working, you just keep running with it. Yeah. Like it's, it's a weird situation where you kind of acknowledge that that guy isn't like the guy that you want to go to regularly and it shouldn't be this way, but if he's playing well, it's just like, oh, well, I guess today's the day I play him more. I don't exactly. I don't know if you should be doing that. Like, I, I don't think I've ever read any studies or anything where, like, I have to assume that's actually a bad thing to do. Um, I don't. I mean. I, I just don't know if you could even measure it. 
I, I, so I, was, I, I don't either. And I was going to use yesterday's example. You can't use one game, but it was 62-61 at halftime when Boucher had that monster half and then settled down in the second. Sixers outscored him like 37-17 in the third. They just yeah. – the, the, I'm pretty sure Toronto scored – yeah, Toronto scored less than 40 points in the, in the second, in the second uh, half. Dude, it was a coin flip, and then at the – per unpredictable – at the six-minute mark of the third quarter, Toronto's win probability was down to three and a half percent, and it well, was basically it a forty-five. You know, basically a coin flip sure, at the half, sure. down Fun to three and a half percent. That's just nuts, dude. Nuts. I know. All of a sudden, uh, it was just over. It over. Yeah, it was over. It was over. I, I know you're not big on the draft, but if you're if you're if you're in Philly, I had I had some of the boys over last night. Dude, my wife even came down, had some drinks with us and hung out and watched it. We had a good time. She obviously, you know, she she went up and then around, I don't know what time it was. And then we broke out the. The math. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. nice, nice. Well, I'm glad you made it to the show today. I ha- I haven't slept. Oh, that's yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So in all seriousness, though, when that AJ News AJ Brown news broke. We were so stoked, man. It was it, because if you think of it this way, the Eagles are so bad. And just you guys bear with me for a second. I have to, let me just get it out of the system. Uh, when when the Eagles draft wide receivers, they generally fail on all levels. Like they got Devontae <laughs> Smith. He's going to be good. But J.J. Arthega, Whiteside, Jalen Rager, when they could have had Justin Jeff, everything goes awry. So instead, they go, all right, we'll give up the 18 and the 101, which was a compensatory pick that they got from New Orleans anyway. And let's take, let's trade for AJ Brown. What's crazy, and I know they gave him a lot of money, but you'll, you will at least appreciate this, even though you're not big on the NFL. You, I know you will. They gave up the 18 and the 101 for AJ Brown, right? Dominant receipt. You can talk about injuries, whatever you want. I'm not going to be negative right now. Prior to that, like 30 minutes prior, the Cardinals gave up the 23 and the 100 for Marquise Brown. What do they got to pay him, though? I, I don't know, but, but the, Christian Kirk reset the whole market for wide receivers. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really matter. I think really they would matter. just ignore that. But like if you want a good receiver, you have to pay him. And A.J. Brown's 24 years old. My point, though, is when you're giving up that much for for Hollywood Brown to get A.J. Brown at the 18 and the 101 is is pretty amazing. It's pretty it's pretty amazing stuff. And I was thinking about this yesterday. The Eagles, the what it all came down to was when they tanked against the Redskins or were they the football team? Whoa, then whoa, 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 whoa. Were they the we football team? Use that back word then? here. It, when they were the Redskins, I call them the Redskins. Now I don't think like, you're allowed to do that. That's their dead name. If I talk about them from last season, I'll call them the football team. If I talk about them this season, I'll call them the Commanders. I'm just going to make it confusing as hell. No, I don't. I don't think that's how. This but that's works, not man. who they play. I think it probably was the football team. Then, besides the point, they tanked. Remember, the Giants fans were furious because they thought they they should be getting into the playoffs at like, you know eight and eight or, or six and eight or six and ten seven and seven and nine they tanked, got the six overall pick traded the dolphins to to move back to the 10 dolphins take jalen waddle we end up getting Devonte smith 
the Dolphins gave us a first for this year. So essentially, like you're turning that first, you're turning that sixth that you moved to a 10 into Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, which is pretty damn good. Could be, yeah. Uh, and they good have, for the Eagles. And they have two firsts next, next year. So Phillies complete a four-game home sweep. Sixers win by, what was it, 35. And the Eagles have a good draft day thanks to Howie Roseman. I'm done. Just That's out all. of curiosity, do you guys plan on getting a quarterback at all? Well, see, this is the thing. They made brilliant moves not doing that because this was an awful draft class for quarterbacks. I think the first quarterback, uh, the only quarterback, 20th, 20th to the Steelers. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't mean like a, in the draft, or, but I guess I do mean in the draft. I just meant oh. in general. Well, that's, that's why this sets up nicely because next year the Eagles still have two first. They traded with New Orleans. They had three firsts this year. They traded one of them to New Orleans to get one next year. So now they have two next year in a really deep quarterback class. So now you have draft capital, capital to where if you want to move up and get a quarterback, you can. So they're positioned really well, really well. Well, let's hope they ruin it. Why do you have to, why do you have to shit on all of this? Uh, uh, I mean, come on. Can't you just give me, can't you give me one night, one morning? They call me Amber Heard, man. <laughs> Listen. I know I can't give you anything. If I walked in the, in the bedroom and Amber Heard was, was shitting on my bed, I'd be like, that's gross, but you can stay. Let me get if under it, there. If it was you, <laughs> I'm reaching into my gun safe. Yeah. That's fair. You would not blame me. No. Yeah. Not at all. You, I, that, I feel like that's warranted. I'd say, Amber, I mean, that's heinous behavior, but, you know, clean yourself up. I, I mean, I think she'll be fine. I don't get the sense that it gets all over her. What do you mean? She's not bringing toilet paper onto the mattress. <laughs> I mean, I figure if you're doing that, it just, it's like a clean as a whistle right out. That's how you want to envision it. Yes. What? Yeah, I don't want it to look like two girls, one cup. She's here. <laughs> she ate chili for like three days. Yeah, no. A lot of dairy. <clears throat> anyway. Happy to have you guys with us. We got one game today. A lot of fun. We've had some fun with these shows. You and I always have a blast in the postseason because we can kind of take some liberties, you know? We can cut our teeth on all sorts of different stuff. Yes, we can. Before we get into this game, though, hit that thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. And if you want to join, hit join down below. Free Super Chats each month, the custom emojis. Uh, but more than anything, just the sweet badges. Got people iced up in there. You can see them from one month to the next. You got the year badges in there. Sooner than later, those two-year badges are coming. But we'll always prioritize your questions and comments along with Discord, uh, premium Discord, so don't feel obligated to Super Chat. Well, you want to appreciate it, but uh, Chris Paul. Seriously, Chris Paul was the real story of last night. I, I, I love talking about the Sixers, obviously, because they got the win and they needed it, but Chris Paul literally had a perfect game, Josh. He did. He can did you indeed. read his? Do you have his stat line in front of you by any chance? Because I can pull I it up if you don't. Yeah, I, I, I do. Okay. Can can you can you read this for people who are unaware of what Chris Paul did in Game Six of a postseason game or series? Chris Paul was fourteen of fourteen from the field in thirty six minutes. Uh, one of one from three. 
four of four from the free throw line, eight assists, five boards, three turnovers, plus 17, which was the high for the team and the only guy in double digits and dropped 33 real points. 14 of 14. Yeah. 14 of 14. Granted, only took one three, but who cares? Just a dominant performance. It was like pretty much all in the mid-range too, which makes it even crazier. Exactly. His mid-range stroke is so sick, man. It's so nice. If he had zero turnovers, though, it would have been even more remarkable. Just, I think he had like 60-something assists and six turnovers in the series, something along those lines. He's still fantastic. He's great. Do you, do you think they should be six-point favorites at home against Dallas? Felt a little high, but I, I guess a little bit the too. implication is that Booker will be a bit better. So Yeah, and it might just be recency bias on my part watching Dallas really dominate that series against Utah. I mean, they did. They came did in. They? Yeah. They, oh, based, on, based on shot quality, they should have lost yesterday. And obviously, uh, based on Boyan Bogdanovich taking a wide open three, uh, you know, they, it was right there for Utah. Sure. But they, but they, but they didn't. They certainly didn't. Yeah. Like shot quality is definitely important, but there's a lot more that goes into a basketball game in a series than shot quality. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't – I think – look, do, I think Utah should have won the series because they because of Luka being out. Uh, I thought it was the closest series of any one of them in the playoffs. I'm not surprised by either outcome. Uh, I want to circle back to Chris Paul for one second. Please do. Uh, this is why price matters so much in DFS. He's not in the optimal on FanDuel because he was 10,200. He, he literally pitched a perfect game of basketball. He did not miss from the field. It's the, it's the most made field goals in playoff history without missing. Is that right? Ever? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wilt had more in a regular season game. And they were uh, all obviously the basket. slightly different uh, ways to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's That's dunking amazing. on 5'8 white mailmen. <laughs> yeah. In Hershey Park, Pennsylvania. Right. Exactly. Hershey, Pennsylvania. You were allowed to just play against them if you went to the park and did the chocolate tour. <laughs> Dude. I have. Check this out. But yeah, uh, no Chris Paul in the optimal lineup on FanDuel. So when the Sixers were really, really bad, right? Like tanking teams with Henry Sims starting at center. Yeah. The Sixers were terrible. I was a, I was a drug and alcohol therapist and was, and once in a while we'd like take them to, to Sixers games if we could you know, throw them all in the van Get him off to a game. <clears throat> I love dude, these kids were awesome, man. Some of them were were not great. But most of them were great. They came from everywhere. It troubled kids, you know. But but you could pay like seven dollars for a ticket, and we just sit in the nosebleeds. They didn't care. They just wanted to get out. And yeah. this facility wasn't exactly funding, you know, floor seats. But <laughs> they although the gave, floor seats were probably like fifteen bucks, yeah, they would have been way cheaper. Yeah. They were giving these out at the games, which is actually kind of cool. The Wilt Chamberlain um, floor from the Hershey Stadium for the 100-point game. You mean the fake 100-point game? Sure, but there's a, there's a point to this story. The, That'll be the first tur- time on the show's history for me and you. I turn around, and I'm watching these kids counting 20s and 50s. Now, they're not allowed to just, like, obviously, as – drug addicted youths not allowed to just walk around with you know 
fifties and twenties and money. And like, what is going on? So people are coming up to them and just giving them 200, $250 for these. And of course they're taking it. Why would they not? Anybody yeah, would. They should, by the way, they're, they're doing the right thing. Oh, 100%. You could sell this right now for probably like, I keep it as just a good memory, you know, but they, they're probably like, they're not a lot of money. Not, they're not much, but it's, it's a cool thing. And yeah, these kids just got there, just started hustling out of the gate. A moment I turned my back, dude, making making a couple hundred off of them. So yeah, oh my funny God. stuff. But Will Chamberlain's style of play and competition back in the day, slightly different. Like, what do you think Joel Embiid would average on points and rebounds if he was playing in Wilt's all of the is, points? All what? of them. All of the points right. and rebounds. Like, would Embiid have a hundred point game? Probably. He should. Yeah. He absolutely should have that. Yeah, it's just, it should be a dominant affair. All right, so let's talk a little bit of basketball here. Showdown strategy, first and foremost, since this is the first one-game slate we've had in a while. Uh, last one-game slate you and I talked was the Orlando Magic and the Detroit Pistons on the uh, the college football championship day, right? I think that was that was the yeah. last one. Oh, God, that one was a little bit different than this Little, A little different. So this is a game six. Uh, you want to talk, hey, you want to talk about win probabilities? In game three, Timberwolves had a 99.6% win probability. 99.6% with two minutes left in the third. Yeah. Last game, the Timberwolves had a 96.5% win probability with nine minutes left in the fourth. They lost both of those games. That sounds bad. It's not great. They've it blown. feels like you should do better than that. I was putting some stuff together for the betting show today, or for my betting uh, show over on Odd Shopper, and they've been Jekyll and Hyde. First quarter, Minnesota's been dominant. Fourth quarter, they've been terrible. Guess their net rating in the fourth quarter. Uh, on a hundred per, like just in the aggregate? Yeah. Oh, they're, pro they're probably, they got to be like, Minus 30, minus 40. Yeah. So not plus minus, but net rating. Yeah. They are minus 38.3. That's I, I put I pieced that together pretty well. It was very very solid. You had a nice range. Net rating is just, you know, you're taking offensive rating, you're taking defensive yeah. rate for anyone Point, wondering. Off, points per 100 possessions on offense, minus points per exactly. 100 possession on exactly. Defense. Minus 38.3. Not good. They're, they're plus 23.8 in the first quarter of this series. So uh, if you're looking for some betting stuff there, they have been wildly different. They cannot hold on to leads. How do you approach NBA showdowns, though, would be my first question. Same way I approach uh, regular slates, I guess. Uh, it's not – to me, it's basically the same sort of situation. Like, obviously, the lineup construction is different, and you're, you're playing the slate slightly different. It's – dramatically different between FanDuel and DraftKings because of the multiplier to salary on DraftKings where you don't have that on FanDuel. But it, it, you're still just trying to do the same thing, put together the lineup that scores the most amount of points. Same mechanisms. I, I don't think about it any differently or approach the slate any differently. Maybe you should. I don't. I, well, I guess with DraftKings, it's just a little bit different because like on FanDuel, you're just looking for the highest raw score uh, to go up top. But in the captain spot on DraftKings, 
it's a little bit different because you have you're paying one and a half, you're paying one and a half X, whatever their normal salary is, but you also get one and a half X their fantasy production. Yep. So it makes it a little bit different because people, you know, wonder, can we punt? Can we go cheaper here and load up on the high end guys in the utility spot on a night like tonight in a playoff game where you're likely you're just going to get huge minutes across the board for all of the key players. Is there any justification? And, and, and I should say, there's going to be little value to be had, you know, scarce value on, on a, on a game six with tighter rotations, even with Taylor Jenkins, that you're not going to get a ton off the bench. Is there any merit to, to, to doing something like that? Sort of uh, it's I, Minnesota makes this game a little bit more interesting because they've been going to 10 guys, which is insane. Um, that's not the way that you should be playing in the playoffs, but here we are. Obviously, we know that uh, that Memphis has been cutting their rotation further and further as we move through this. But right now, the top three guys that I have on DraftKings are all coming from Minnesota. So I think the focus is going to, in the aggregate at least, is going to be on this Minnesota Timberwolves team trying to save their season. But you're going to have options at the low salary spots to take a couple punts. Like, if you think like Zaire Williams... Uh, did not play a ton in this last game. He's 1,800 today. There is a shot that, like, that's a value play that could work if he scores seven fantasy points. That's where it starts to get really weird. Yeah, well, Zaire Williams is not playing tonight. Officially? He's doubtful. Ooh, I thought he was questionable. Okay, my bad. Ignore me then. No, 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 we're good. not the guy that's going to score seven fantasy points. <laughs> we're good. I, I – I guess if he's out though, does it open anything up or do you just see a couple more minutes go to a couple different players, a few different players? I think it just goes to more of the players that are already playing. You would think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I have them, I, I gave him three minutes today. I'll move, give those three minutes to, to anybody else and it doesn't matter. And give them back to Melton, who's not really in the rotation any longer either. Let's talk about the Grizzlies then and, and break this one down. One point sure. spread, they're one point road favorites. Uh, 115 point implied total for the Grizzlies tonight. John Morant figured out a way to combat Taylor Jenkins' uh, newly newly employed defensive strategy that that limited John Morant to 16 points and 11 points in back to back games. The funny thing is, he came in to the fourth quarter with only 12 points and then exploded. Finished with 30, got to the line 17 times. It's funny too because he only shot 11 for 17 from the free throw line, but ended up, you know, being the catalyst to to them driving them to that win. Had one of the nastiest dunks I've ever seen in my life. Ooh, it's just so violent. Violent. For such a little person. Violent. Although, it, like, he's not like little in real life, but like little on the court at least. Yeah, little uh, going up against centers, sure. Yeah, like if you meet John Morant, he's way bigger than you think he is. He's just not like that when he's on a court with eight other guys that are six, seven. Dude, I weigh more than John Moran. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So do you, he's, I'm, he's like one, I'm 179, 180. He's 174. And I he's got 40 pounds on him. Do you? Yeah. And he's 6'3. So he's got two inches on me, but I'm five pounds heavier than the guy. Yeah. And I'm certainly not, I'm certainly not that big. So he is, 
in the, in the sense that you're talking about, yeah, he's not big at all. He's, he's real thin for an NBA player that's just going to run up and dunk on your head. Yeah, and he's just violently yamming on people. He has no fear, is the thing. Completely certainly, fearless. Certainly Completely doesn't. No, he, he's going. Fearless. He's looking for that contact too. Is is he the is he the best captain option today, or do we look at maybe we shouldn't even maybe we shouldn't even go by team. Let's just talk about uh, preferred captain options and just best plays on the slate. It probably makes more sure. sense. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, for in my data, he's the best captain today. He's 17 7 as the as the captain showed up in 19 percent of my sims uh the only other guy that was really close to him was towns towns is 16 5 showed up in 17 and a half so both of those guys are pretty close but they definitely separated from the pack i don't think anybody's going to be surprised that the best player on minnesota and the best player on memphis are the two best captain options for today but that's how it is there to me there are five good options at captain two above average options and then probably no one else right yeah probably the thing with towns is the foul trouble has been odd i know he did get 35 games or 35 minutes last game so you know that's nice but two fouls again in the first quarter josh yeah A, a foul in the second quarter that kept him out for the remaining three minutes of that of the frame uh, and then it's just, it's very odd that this has been a, a recurring issue for him. Not even just in this series. Remember he fouled out of that Clippers game in the playing game and only played what, like 23 minutes or some 24 minutes. Yeah. I, I don't know I, what the deal I, is. What? I don't know what the deal is with him. That's what I was going to say. I was just going to say, am I going to diagnose this? I don't think I can, but because fouls are odd and Carl Anthony Towns isn't somebody that's just, always in foul trouble but he's never been below average in foul rate or close to it the lowest uh percentile that he's ever had in terms of foul rate was in 2017-2018 he was a 62nd percentile big in terms of foul rate which is good the higher the number the better 3.6 percent of possessions every year since then 64th percentile 78 66 72 this year not only is he not a guy that fouls a lot, he's the opposite. He's like good at not fouling. And that's just not happening in the playoffs. It, it doesn't make any sense. And if, if you look at, so he played what? Uh, he's played 80 games and wait. Go ahead. He played 80 games. Okay. Yeah. He missed. So, so, and then what 70 so i'm just looking at regular season so that would mean that 74 of them were in the regular season yes uh he had five fouls in 19 games so 25 five or more fouls in 19 games 25 percent of the time he has five or more fouls in four of the six postseason or play-in games small sample sure but it's a weird it's a weird thing and it's not just like he's catching those fouls late in the fourth quarter where you see and they don't lose minutes. He's actually losing minutes in a lot of these games. Yeah, I don't I'm not entirely sure what it is. I assume it's a change, some sort of change in defensive philosophy or it's just much ado about nothing. But it is something to be concerned about for tonight and potentially moving forward. Yeah.
that said, uh, I think he looks great today. <laughs> yeah, you don't. We don't have. We don't have much of an alternative. No, I mean, to me, it, he's probably the best play overall on the day. We have his ownership right now. We have uh, obviously the showdown ownership, uh, and last I look, we got some free content today. On top of that, NBA player rankings are free. MLB ownership rankings are free. NHL player projections and MMA fighter rankings, all of which are completely free today. We have him projected for 70.8% on DraftKings, 23% in the captain spot. On FanDuel, we have Towns at 63% ownership, you know, neck and neck with John Morant, 33% in the MVP. Ja's getting about 40 in the MVP spot, though. I lost my tab. I have all my, my stuff here. Yeah, so I have Towns quite a bit over his aggregate ownership right now. So I'm, I'm pretty interested in Towns. Honestly, I, I think the high end is missing out. Uh, we're going to get to him in a bit. I've got my eye on Jared Vanderbilt today. Um, Jordan McLaughlin at 2K is looking like an interesting value. We had a question earlier, you know, like who are the other captains that are interesting for today? I think it's Morant, Brooks, Bain, Towns, Russell, Edwards. And I don't like, I'm not breaking any new ground here that those are the best guys, but those are the best guys. Beverly to a lesser extent. Um, if you want to punt, I think it's probably Vanderbilt as the guy you want to go to, but I'm not trying to get away from the guys that are going to play like 36 to 40 minutes today. Brooks has had a few dismal performances in this series. Yeah. And I'm going to recommend him aggressively again today. And people are going to be like, how could you play Dylan Brooks? It's abominable. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, he's going to take 18 to 20 something shots. Yeah, he was 10 for tw- he was 10 of 20 from the field and three or four from the field in game four. So it's not like he can't shoot there. Right. Look, is he volatile? Yes, very. But doesn't make a huge difference. Three for 18 in game five, four for 14 in game three, three of 11 in, in game two, seven of 14 in game one. So you never really know what you're going to get with Dylan Brooks. No. Uh, but if you can get the volume. You'll be okay. God, he was one for 10 from three last game. Right. Like you just don't expect that. You should not expect that to happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> not what? One for 10 shooting from three? 13 for 38 in back-to-back games. Price went down. Yeah, it's, it's the only thing that matters. Price went down. And you should expect him to play more minutes, not less, moving forward. He played 36 minutes last game, 34, and that was a little bit of foul trouble. Amazing that Dylan Brooks isn't the one we're talking about with foul trouble. It's Carl Anthony Towns. He had one foul in 36 minutes in the last game. That's insane for him. Nuts. But he it's like, good. He, couldn't, he literally couldn't do anything. He couldn't make a shot. He couldn't foul people. Like, he just – every single stat yeah. that he tried to have <laughs> other than made, missed field goals. He's trying to foul and can't. But he's played 37 – 34 and he had 5,000 that game and 36 over his last three. So assuming this game's close and to be fair, as much as Minnesota enjoys blowing double digit leads, the games stay close and probably should tonight with a one point spread, you're going to get the minutes from Dylan Brooks. Look, he's not good when it comes to putting up peripheral stats. He is someone that can go out there and shoot three for 18 from the field, but if you've attempted 20 and 18 field goals over your last two games and the volume is there and there aren't exactly a ton of great mid-range options, mind you, he's 7,000 in the utility. That's pretty cheap. Then 
I, I think you can make sense of it. You really have to make sense of all of these guys, quite frankly. You'll have to take some stands, but if you're just writing any of these mid-range like Beverly and up guys completely off, as you were pointing out a minute ago, you can't be just you can't do that. No, no, you can't. Look, anybody that you think can play today is somehow in play today. It might be minimal amounts. You know, your DeAnthony Melton's of the world at 3K who aren't really in the rotation any longer. It doesn't take a lot to get into an optimal lineup at 3K. You, Jordan McLaughlin, Torian Prince, these are the guys that can, Jaden McDaniels, these are the guys that can sneak in as the final guy in a DraftKings lineup today and become essential. And they don't even have to have really good games. That's where it starts to get really, really wild. Like Torian Prince is 1,400. He had 17 fantasy points in the last game. If Torian Prince has 17 fantasy points today, he is unquestionably the linchpin to every lineup. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't take much at those price tags. No, it sucks, but that's the way it is. Uh, how about Brandon Clark, man? This kid, last wild. game. Unreal. 21 and 15 with three assists and a, and a, and a block. 37 minutes he played 20 straight 19 minutes and 31 seconds straight to close out a competitive game that they came back from a 13 point deficit like i said minnesota had a 90 almost 97 percent win percentage there in the fourth quarter he was surely dominant on the boards everything about brandon clark's game off the bench for memphis made them a markedly better team last game and had a lot to do with, of course, John Morant's 18 in the fourth. Yeah. Yes, of course. Six offensive rebounds for Brandon Clark in the fourth quarter. It just in the fourth. Yeah. Six offensive rebounds for any big in any game is very good in, in the full game. Yeah. He's he, I mean, he had nine for the game. That's insanity. That is truly nuts. That's how you win basketball games. If you dominate the offensive glass, you are going to have a very difficult time losing games. Can he do it again? Can he close them out? That's what we're waiting on, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he plays 37 again, but it, it, seems, it seems silly to assume that – it seems silly to assume that Brandon Clark should not get more uh, – you know, significant run again today because he hasn't, he didn't just play well in one game. He's played well throughout the entirety of this series. He's been great. He's been great. I think the most curious part for him is going to be, can Jaron Jackson stay out of foul trouble? Because if Jaron Jackson stays out of foul trouble, they want to play him 30 something minutes. <laughs> like That's the goal when we right. enter every one of these games, he can't even sniff it. I mean, 18, the last game, 23, 21, uh, Jaron Jackson is a big linchpin to what we get out of Brandon Clark today. And they're not that they're going to be going to him today at all, but they definitely can't, uh, Steven Adams COVID. Yeah. Right. It, it, Adam mentioned this the other day though, even when Jaron Jackson isn't in foul trouble, he's still not getting 35 minutes. No, he, you know, we're, we're talking about 30. Yeah. The most 32 is probably like his ceiling today. The most minutes he's played in this series is 27. Yeah. And to be fair, he probably will be in foul trouble again because he always is. It'd be hard for him not to be. 
Yeah, he always is in foul trouble. If he's not in foul trouble, I have to assume Memphis is destroying Minnesota. Yeah. Well, at the same time, though, can't you just uh, can't you just give Clark and Jackson some some decent run alongside of each other? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm saying Jackson can still get minutes and, and, and Clark can still not 37, but Clark could still feasibly get to 30 minutes. Yeah, I have him in for 30. I have Jackson in for 26. You know, it's there's enough minutes out there um, where they could pretty easily both go north of 30 if they needed to. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Ultimate- like, I think that's what they – I think in a dream scenario, they're playing Clark and Jackson alongside each other a lot, and Jackson's just staying out of foul trouble. That's what they want to happen. Ultimately, like, you're just look, – I'm looking across all of these. Towns, Morant, Russell, Baines, Edwards, Beverly, Brooks, all of them, and they all are – perfectly appealing that's because Beverly's not expensive either but Brandon Clark's ownership really isn't very high because the price has come up you know he's more expensive than Brooks than Beverly he's basically the same price as D'Angelo Russell right in the same neighborhood as Desmond Bain I think that does suppress the ownership enough tonight to where he's not going to end up being very popular despite last game where he went off I actually think He's an interesting captain. Oh, sorry. We're talking about you. You were talking about Clark, right? Yeah. Who are you going to talk about? Jackson. Go for it. That's fine. But yes, I was um, talking about Clark because Jackson's no, getting go, even less ownership. Yeah. I can go back to Clark for a second. Like uh, I actually came in well under the field. Uh, Clark's price for the past five games. Well, let's, we'll start at the beginning of the series. 3,800, 4,600, 5,400, 6,200. 7,400 up to 8K today. Now, obviously, this is a showdown price. So it's a little, look, those are all showdown prices. So they're a little bit different from a scope perspective. But I'm more than half the field below on Clark. I don't think that at 8K, he looks all that great. Um, I think he's over-owned. I think he's probably the most over-owned guy on the slate right now. I'm a little nervous about Clark. I just think the price is getting to a point where you don't have a choice any longer. You need those massive minutes from Clark. And I just don't think that he can unlock the same sort of game again. Could he be good? Yeah. It's hard to pay off an 8K salary. The, the only argument I have there, though, is if you look at the guys that are similarly priced to him and, and not just him in a vacuum, these are all guys that have – pretty low floors because from a peripheral standpoint, they're not giving you all that much. I mean, Brandon Clark on the series, 1.16 fantasy points per minute. Desmond Bain, 1.02. Brooks is cheaper, but 0.69 in this series, which is just brutal. Uh, Jackson, 1.11, but his minutes are going to be curtailed as usual. Is there really that, is it really that crazy to think that you know, Clark can put up the, the same numbers as Desmond Bain again. Bain's been great, though. I take nothing away from him, but Bain's entirely dependent on scoring. I'd be very, very, very surprised. Okay. I've got Bain by... And he's locked in the more minutes, seven, of course. Yeah, right. I've got Bain by seven fantasy points right now. Like, Bain's just going to play... 38, 40 minutes today. That's just, that's just how it's going to be. Whereas Clark just doesn't have to be out there like that. Sure. And for what it's worth, I think Bain's a much better play, but he's also getting double the ownership of, yeah. of Clark. 
right, talk to me about Jaron Jackson. You had some things to say about Captain. I just think that he's a really he's the one guy that's not going to get any ownership at the captain spot that has the ability to have an outlier day. Like he's been bad. The foul trouble's been awful in this series. He had seven blocks in game one, but just happened to be four of 13 from the field. Oh, for five from three. Like he has the ability to hang a high end score and get there with a bunch of additional defensive stats. If it breaks correctly. And he's not going to get any love. Like you don't normally have a lot of guys that aren't, like, you know, he, we have him projected for 0.8% ownership in the captain spot. Would you be surprised if he was the second highest scorer on today's slate? Yeah, absolutely. Like, 100%. Yes. You would be surprised by that? <laughs> if Jaron Jackson was? But, like, he ha- he is skilled to do that. He just plays himself off the floor from a fouls perspective. It's not like we think he's not really good at the things that he does. If he stays out of foul trouble, he's... There's no reason that he can't be the second best option on Memphis today. And honestly, potentially the first. I mean, Jaron Jackson is a 1.14 fantasy point per minute guy in my model. I don't think that it takes a lot for him to be on a completely different level here if it breaks correctly and he stays out of foul trouble. I think he's the guy that you want to go to in a really large field contest when like, you're willing to take on that sort of aggression. How many 50 fantasy point games do you think he has this season? I don't know. Two. Good guess. Two. Okay. And nine with 45 plus. Yeah. I just don't know if the minutes are there. Like the minutes and then you need him to be, you basically are going to need him to be almost like a 1.75 fantasy point per minute guy. Because this, it's not like the, it's not like these are two teams where there's just nobody that's all that interesting. I mean, Ja, and I know he's more expensive, but Ja is is ripping off fifty plus every night, even when he's not scoring well. Carl Anthony Towns, assuming he's not in foul trouble, has been dominant from a fantasy perspective. Anthony Edwards is 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 hit or miss for sure, but he can he can go insane. I, I just think there's a lot of guys here that if we're if we're trying to get Jaron Jackson above, you know, all but one of them, it, it seems like a very difficult path. Yeah, look, again, I don't think that it's particularly likely, but he's the guy that's the per minute outlier whose biggest issue in this series is minutes. Like he's yeah, got just he's got the biggest upgrade in the thing that he needs the most. Because we know that he's already talented on a per-minute basis. He just needs the minutes. That's been his biggest bugaboo in this entire series. But I don't think he gets them is what I'm saying. Uh, I think it's more likely than not that he just puts himself into foul trouble and doesn't get them. I completely completely agree. That's also entirely possible. But he's the guy who, for every extra minute he gets, is infinitely better than other guys in this series. From a minute standpoint, I agree. Other than Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark, I think on a per minute basis is probably better or at least equal. I have Jackson by five hundredths of a point, but that's enough where I don't, I don't really. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, equal. Hey, check out prize picks too, while you guys are at it. If you haven't done so yet, uh, some real easy, simple reasons to sign up there. First off, you get a hundred dollar first match deposit bonus when you use the promo code awesome. A W E S E M O. 
over at Prize Picks. They have daily prop based contests. There's no sharks, optimizers, mass entries, any of that stuff. You're just building lineups two, three, four, five, whatever you want, player lineups, taking props. And if you hit five of five, you 10x your entry. You hit four or five, unlike a traditional prop, you still 2x. You even get money back if you three uh, hit three of five. You're not going to get that at, at, at traditional books. You can do cross sport entries as well. So say you, you, you like basketball tonight, but you also maybe some hockey or some baseball. Mix them in into the same lineup uh, and use the free prize picks NBA prop tool over at Awesome to help make those selections. I mean, we have all of the free prop tools over there for prize picks for everything. We have Odd Shopper. All of that's great, right? Especially the $100 first match deposit bonus. But if you sign up using the link in the description or the one that uh, our producer, Tyler Zander, is about to throw in the chat right now, or already did, you get a free month of Awesome O Plus Platinum. $90 value, every single tool for every sport on the site. There is not a tool or a sport that is not included in this. It's entirely free. All you have to do is use the link in the description and make a one-time deposit over at Prize Picks. You'll get an email from us within a day or two to, to get hooked up for that free month. We'll get you into our premium Discord, uh, into the Office Hours channel where the pros are answering your questions each day and take advantage of everything that we have. If you want to get the Fantasy Cruncher add-on, you can do that as well. But check out Prize Picks. Use that link. Sign up with the link. Deposit for the first time using the promo code AWESOMO. Get the $100 first match deposit bonus and a free month of AWESOMO Plus Platinum. The entire month totally free. All right, Josh. Let's look at a little bit of value before we, we close this out. I think we've done a good job of covering these, the, the guys up top. Sure. If, if we're talking value and we need to squeeze some of this in, how do we do it by still giving ourselves somewhat of a chance to be competitive and not just being purely stupid for a guy that's probably not going to play? Yeah, I, there's not a lot of great value spots out there. That, that's for sure. Um, like, I think Torian Prince might get a little bit more love than he should today based on that last game. I think Nas Reed is going to pull a little bit of love, which is whatever. Um, I think he's probably about properly owned at 1600. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin is the guy that I think is most interesting, at least as of right now. He's 2K. Um, we have him at 9.9% ownership in the utility spot. I got him in at 16 uh, he is a little bit more expensive than he had been, uh, but he played 17 minutes this last game, 14 the game before that, and 17 in game three. I think that's pretty interesting to me. Now, do I expect him to have 16 points on five of six shooting again like he did in uh, game number four? No. No, game number three. Sorry. No, game number four. I was right the first time. But I don't even think that you need 26 fantasy points out of him. You get something in the teens, and I think you're going to be in a pretty good spot. So the guy that I'm looking at right now from a value perspective would be Jordan McLaughlin if we're just talking about like trying to get over the field. Uh, I, I would rather go to him and then be a little bit lighter on the Nas Reed, Torian Prince pieces just because of their ownership being as high as it is. And then I wouldn't sleep on Malik Beasley. He's the type of guy that if things are going, like if the shot's falling, Beasley's just going to stay out there a little bit longer. He's 4K, so you need a little bit more out of him. But I think that's sort of self-fulfilling. When he's getting extra minutes, it's because he's just knocking down three after three after three. I mean, he's an exceptional three-point shooter. If those are falling, he has the opportunity to just hang it. Like he went four for 10 or whatever in uh, in game one of the series, eight of 14 in 30 minutes. The minutes have been going down 
that makes me interested in trying to get to the opposite side of that on the off chance that they pop back up because he is 4% owned. I think Jaden McDaniels is, is as interesting as anyone on this slide. Yeah. I have he, no issue there. He had three quick fouls, got in foul trouble last game, and ended up sitting. Let's see where it is. Yeah, I just want to make sure I had the right game up. Yeah, ended up sitting the final. Was it? Yeah, Prince came back in. Jaden McDaniels would have closed that half out, so he lost four minutes there. Uh, and then he closed the game out. In a, in a competitive game. The game before that, five fouls, got in a ton of foul trouble. If Jalen McDaniels, Jaden McDaniels, sorry, isn't in foul trouble, I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but I think there's a definite chance that he gets to 22 to 24 minutes. In the first three games, he played 25, 21, and 22 minutes. Is he a, a high fantasy point per minute guy? But no, but none of these guys are. And if they are, they're not getting enough minutes to be, you know, significant. So, yeah, I think Jaden McDaniels at very low ownership is is totally reasonable. If you could tell me, hey, he could play 22 minutes in a playoff game and he's cheap, I got no issues there. Yeah, uh, to me, I see him just basically in the same line as Malik Beasley. One of those two guys can just soak up a little bit of extra time and it won't take much for them to turn into optimal scores. Sure. The only reason I looked at Beasley before I looked at McDaniels is because McDaniels was pulling a little bit more ownership out of the gate. But I don't have a disagreement with what you're saying. From the Memphis side, though, value is is really scarce. I know Xavier yeah. Tillman is somebody that's going to get some some ownership. He's actually very popular right now, all things considered. When you're talking about value, guys, uh, is that just is that one of those spots that we want to get to and just bite the bullet, or should we just say, hey, I'd rather I'd rather get to some of these potentially lesser owned guys? at essentially half the ownership of him that are actually a little bit cheaper as well. I just, I just don't know how you go to Memphis for value. It's, it's Tillman and nothing else. And like, I know Tillman's a big man. We love big man value because they can yeah. produce easy stats, but he doesn't. No. He, no. He's been wildly disappointing. I know on the regular season, his permanent production's fine. And so I don't just want to take a few games here and, and single them out, but I don't know, man. He's 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 been underwhelming to say the least. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's doing what he's supposed to do from a basketball standpoint, which is not going to be incredibly helpful from a fantasy standpoint. He's just he's not involved in the game in that way. Uh, that said, if you need to pay down, like he, I think he's massively overowned already at twenty four percent in the utility spot. So it's not a direction I want to go. And I don't really think there's anything below him at this point that you can go to if we're not going to have Zaire Williams. And it looks like Melton isn't a part of the rotation any longer. I think if you're looking for value, you can only grab it from Memphis or sorry, from Minnesota. Uh, last thing I wanted to ask you, do you think it's, and I know that Tillman only played 16 minutes. He he's in one of those rotations where you just start the first, start the third. You don't play. Well, he did play a little bit in the second, but is it is it possible that he loses even more minutes because Jenkins just decides why don't I run more Clark alongside Jaron Jackson? Probably, yeah. I mean, look, a lot of it comes down to is Jaron Jackson in foul trouble again? If Jaron Jackson stays out of foul trouble, like you're just it, you're naturally going to lose a little bit more of Tillman. Right. Um, I think he's pretty firm in the like first quarter run, third quarter run rotation. 
I'm going to feel pretty safe with him landing in the 12 to 18 range. Yeah, agreed. That's what I'm saying, though. That 16 could drop. He could lose that little second quarter rotation and end up only yeah. playing 12. Yeah, that he's live to do that for sure. Right. Last guy, and then we can get out of here for the day. Hit that thumbs up, too. We got uh, how many people? We got over 300 watching for a showdown slate. It's not bad. Appreciate you guys. I mean, it's going to be a stretch to get to 100. We need 29 still. You know, we can it's do a, it. You think so? You think it's doable? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why right. not? It's doable, though. Take a For single sure. second. Always. Get us there. As someone said yesterday, Josh, with you and me, it's all about ego, which isn't true. I, I promise. Well, there are far more things that are better to inflate an ego than, than a likes count. It just helps us, yeah. is all. Just oh, helps. yeah. Like, my ego doesn't go up from this at all. No. <laughs> so the last guy to ask you about, Tyus uh, Jones. Yeah. He's, again, maybe not exciting, but he's a one and a quarter fantasy point per minute player in this series. He's been good in the minutes that he's gotten. And guess who closed out last game's come from behind victory against the Minnesota Timberwolves? That would be one Tyus Jones closing yeah. that game out. I think he's properly owned at 10%. I think 4,800 is a tough sell. You need what it's worth. He, he, I'm sorry. He closed that out because Jaron Jackson fouled out, but still yeah. he's, he's an inter, but that could happen again. Sorry. I, I wanted to point that out. No, no, you're fine. He needs every single one of those minutes to matter at 4,800, you know, 20, 25, 25, 21 are the fantasy point totals over the past four games. It, he's good. Not great. To me, he's just a part of this slate. I, I can't really advocate for him all that hard because I think that price is in a problematic spot. I don't think they're going to go to him for like excessive minutes in this one. I think, you know, something in the 18, 16 to 22 range is the most likely scenario. All right. Anything else then? Not really. Uh, I mean, this is, it's a very variant series and game. Anything could happen tonight. And I believe it like these two teams are just wild right now, but Try to play the ownership game. There are going to be a couple spots where you're going to think people are wildly overowned. Just use that as your pivot point. That's my recommendation. That hour went really fast. It certainly did. I can't believe we were on the show for an hour. Me neither. I thought it was like 1045 right now. Shout yeah. out to Tyler Zander for producing the show. Appreciate oh, we're seven likes away. Oh, we can get there. God. Well, we're not going to get there. No, we are. We are going to get there. No, we're not going to make it. Not with that attitude. Oh, don't hit me with that shit. MLB strategy shows coming up next. Greg and Eric at 11 o'clock. Then you got, we got, here's what's cool. Not, what's not Told cool you. is that, what's up? Hundy, man. A hundy. Oh, we're there. Yes. Boom. Told you we were going to make it. See, just follow my lead man we didn't just hit 100 we're at 113 i know i told you it would happen good stuff so i'm not huge on the fact that i'm doing a show from seven to eight eastern but but it allows us the opportunity to have mlb deeper dive and mlb live before lock then nba deeper dive and nba live before lock so pretty stoked on that we got Full arrangement of shows coming up today, but don't go anywhere. Two minutes right here on the Awesome O channel. You've got the MLB strategy show. Uh, Josh, any, do you do contenders for showdowns? Or are we, yeah, are we, they're going to get recorded uh, the moment we stop is. this. 
There it is. And check out my video today. It comes out around 2 Eastern over at the Odd Shopper channel. Favorite props, favorite bets of the day. Hit that Monday through Friday. And I think Aton's actually doing weekends going forward. So thanks for yeah. hanging out as always, fellas. We appreciate you, and we'll see you back here very shortly. Peace.